You are Locked On Giants, your daily podcast on the New York Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants. I'm Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, along with Pat Trena of Inside Football, The Athletic, Forbes, and a variety of other places. How you doing today, Patty? I'm doing well, Ed. How are you? Good, good. We're in a little bit of a uh, of a lull here when it comes to the New York Giants. We've kind of gotten past the draft and the excitement of the rookie minicamp. Uh, we don't get to OTAs until next week, so we're in a little bit of uh, a little bit of that uh, that holding pattern at this point. Yeah, you know, it's an opportunity to to, to rest up a little bit. And uh, next week, I think on Tuesday, we have. Um, we have uh, the first of the OTA practices. The media will have access every other practice. I'm sorry, every third practice. And then that will take us into June and, of course, the mandatory minicamp. And then we all get a nice little break for uh, six weeks. Yes, we do. And, Patty, I thought, uh, we thought that today for a show we would do a little something different. We thought we would make some, uh, some bold predictions for the 2018 season. We're not going to talk about overall team record or, or anything like that, but I thought you know. But I think what we're going to do here is throw out some predictions for individual players, maybe statistical, maybe guys who who surprisingly make the roster, and we'll chat about a few of those today um, as we look forward to uh, to our first access to an OTA next week. So uh, in the spirit, as we always say, in the spirit of, of ladies first, I'm going to let you go ahead and, uh, and make a, a bold prediction first. Um, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley, and I'm going to say, obviously, he's going to lead the team in rushing, but I'm thinking he's going to be their first 1,000-yard rusher since 2012 when Ahmad Bradshaw did it. I think he is going to be the leader in all-purpose yards on the team. And he's going to get strong consideration for Rookie of the Year honors at the end of the year if he is healthy. You know, you're right, Patty. That that that's kind of an easy one. I mean, I was thinking, I was thinking if if you wanted to put a number on it for for Barkley, you know, I'm thinking 1,500 yards. You know, um, all-purpose yards. You know, from scrimmage is probably a nice expectation for him. Uh, and you know we'll we'll see where it goes, but uh, but yeah, you 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 took the easy one, Patty. You definitely took I, the easy I one. I told you I was going to take. I was told you I was going to take the easy one. <laughs> let me let me stay with the rookie class here, and throw another. Uh, my bold prediction would be that Lorenzo Carter probably finishes second on the Giants in terms of quarterback sacks. Ooh. I'm going to say that he finishes somewhere in the neighborhood of of, of seven or eight, six to eight, somewhere in there. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's, let, let's, let's mark that down, you know, and, and see where that one turns out. I look at the Giants, and, and you just don't see a whole lot of pure, natural pass rushers I think James Betcher is going to try to do a lot of things to, to give Carter uh, some free runs at the quarterback, and, and we'll see where that goes. 
Okay. Okay. That that makes sense. All right. I'm going to go to the undrafted rookie uh, class, and I'm going to predict that Grant Haley, uh, the cornerback from Penn State, makes the roster. And this one, you know, despite the fact that the Giants have, what, a baker's dozen worth of cornerbacks uh, on the roster, this is a kid who you got to think long-term here. And they signed William Gay to be the uh, – or to compete, I should say. He's not, he hasn't been handed the job. But to, they signed him to, to compete for that slot cornerback position that originally was supposed to go to Dominique rogers Camardi. Well, William Gay is, I want to say, 33 years old. I think he just turned 33. Still has something left in the tank. But you've got to start thinking long-term. And the way you think long-term is you start adding guys, you know, on, at, at the fourth and fifth and sixth if need be slots on, on the depth chart. I think Grant Haley is going to make the roster. Um, he's going to certainly compete for that, that um, slot cornerback job. Um, it's going to come down to him and, and I think Dante Dion. Who is the who was on the roster last year, and I think he's been around for a couple of years. But I think in the end, Haley is going to um, prevail in that battle. That's an interesting one, Patty. I know that uh, I know that Haley was you know was impressive in the rookie mini camp, and I just keep looking at that at that depth chart that the Giants have at, at cornerback, and, and shaking my head and thinking, you know. My God, what if some of these guys actually have to play? <laughs> and, <laughs> and thinking that 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 that's that's not a, a good scenario, you know, at this point, at least you know, based on a lot of their their career histories. So you, you cross your fingers and you hope that a guy like Haley, you know, can can make an impact. So uh, so that's definitely you know a guy to keep an eye on. Let me let me throw another uh, another bold prediction at you, and this time I'm going to go away from the rookie class. I'm going to go to one of the veteran players. I'm going to go to Olivier Vernon, mm. and I'm going to go. Ov has had one double-digit sack season in his career, and we know that that. He's transitioning this year to the four to the three four outside linebacker. You know where he'll be standing up a lot. He'll probably also be used, you know, with his hand in the ground as a as a four three defensive end pass rusher on occasion. I think his career high in sacks in a season is eleven and a half. I'm going to say that he surpasses that this year. Oh, interesting! Interesting. Okay. I think everybody would take that if if, if that can be. I, I you know, I just I just think that, you know, the Giants have to find pass rush from somewhere and a little bit like Carter, I think that, that they're gonna do everything they can to to find ways to, to turn Olivier Vernon loose. You know, they're hoping for that Chandler Jones type transition to you know from defensive end to outside linebacker and i don't know if we're going to see that you know a 17 sack season but i think that that you know given the uh the freedom to to rush the passer you know i 
we could we could see a nice year from Vernon. I, I, I think this move is a nice fit for him. Yeah, and I think if you, you toss in the fact that now they have people to where Vernon doesn't have to play ninety plus ninety plus percent of the snap, which, you know, the last couple of years he's had to do that. He's had, he, he they didn't really have any depth to where they had to keep him in there and, and they wore the guy down and he's had two injury filled years. So I think the added depth is going to help them keep him fresh. So okay, I, I like that one. I think Giant fans will sign up for that. Okay, I'm going to go with Eli Manning, and I'm going to say that Eli Manning's average attempts this season is going to to be more in line with what it was between 2004 and 2013. Now, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I do remember doing the calculations. And over the last three years, Eli has averaged – almost 200 more pass attempts than he has, you know, in the first, you know, several years of his career. With the addition of Barkley and a running game and the return of Odell Beckham Jr., um, you know, Evan Ingram, um, you know, an improved offensive line, I just think that, you know, especially that running game, that running game is going to be Eli Manning's best friend. It's going to make a huge difference, and it's going to help him avoid the, what I have long suspected is the tired arm syndrome. Because again, he's been the last three years he's thrown for at least 598 passes or more. Okay, as opposed to you know the, the previous years when he hovered in the the uh, you know mid to low low to mid 500s. So look, the older you get, you, you, you want to take some of the onus off of him. That what I see with Eli is what I was talking about before with Vernon, where you know Vernon was on the field for over ninety percent of the snaps, you know, when, when he's healthy. Well, Eli, if he's throwing you know that many passes and he's getting older, not the way you want to go with your veteran quarterback, especially if you're looking to get a couple of years left out of him. So I think I'm going to say Eli's average is going to go back in line with what he did through 2013. You stole one of mine, Patty, because if you ah. left Eli there, I was going to go to Eli. I'm actually looking at his, uh, at his stats right now, and the last four seasons, actually, for Eli, the four seasons you know, with Ben McAdoo primarily calling plays are all the highest numbers of attempts of his career with the exception of the 2011 season. I think when he threw, I'm looking at 589 passes. So four of the five seasons in which he's had the most passing attempts all came under Ben McAdoo. And that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing for Eli, you know, as a quarterback who's getting older. It also tells you that that the Giants offense was out of whack in terms of in terms of balance, you know, between the run and the pass, uh, and, and you know, none of that, none of that is a good thing. And I think, uh, as you were saying with with Olivier Vernon, less could be more with Eli. You know, give him a better running game, give him, you know, you know, a little bit more protection. And I think uh, that Eli Manning, he's a very, very smart veteran quarterback I've said before that I think that one of the underrated things with Eli is his ability at the line of scrimmage 
to simply identify what's going on to get the Giants into the right play. And, and I think that, that Eli Manning can still be a plus capable quarterback uh, for a couple of years, you know, given talent around him. So, yeah, you, you stole one on me, but, uh, but at least we were, both, uh, we were both thinking the same way. I'm going to okay. give you one. Oh, go ahead, Patty. No, I said okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to give you one more, and I'm going to steal from a little article that I did at Big Blue View today. I did, uh, I did a list of potential breakout players, and I thought it was kind of interesting because another publication had done breakout players and had actually listed Saquon Barkley as the Giants' breakout player. And, and, and just as an aside, my take on that is you can't be a breakout player if you're a rookie. You just can't be because you're not breaking out from anything. For me, a breakout player is a guy who has some history and a guy who exceeds that history. And, and when I look at this Giants team, a player that I see as perfectly positioned to have a career year, you know, might not be a phenomenal statistical year, but you know, would easily surpass anything he's done in his career as wide receiver Cody Latimer. I mean, there's a there's a, a massive opportunity with the Giants for Latimer to grab that third wide receiver spot. I think his career high in catches is 19. Uh, there's and, and I think there's easily an opportunity for him to catch, you know, 35 to 45 balls. There's an opportunity for him to be the primary kickoff returner, which he's done some kickoff returning in the past, but never really been the primary guy. So there's an opportunity with the Giants for him to play a bigger role than he was ever asked to play in Denver. So, so I look at him as, you know, my bold prediction, I guess, would be that, that this will be easily the most productive season of his career. I like it, and I think you're right because, you know, it's interesting. Pat Shermer was asked about the third receiver at last week's rookie minicamp. You know, again, the Giants didn't really add to that position in the draft. Um, They have a bunch of, you know, undrafted free agents who are going to compete. But, you know, they did add Latimer, and I think think you're right there because, you know, look, this is a guy that Tyke Tolbert, the Giants receivers coach, is familiar with. This is a guy, um, you know, that – showed some potential and and really if you think about it you don't need him to be the type of guy who's going to catch 100 passes a year because you've got Beckham you've got uh, Shepard you've got Ingram you've got uh, Rhett Ellison who's going to get some balls thrown his way Barkley's going to get some balls thrown his way so there's only so many passes to go around but if Vladimir can can get by with catching I, I don't know two or three a game, um, that would probably put him on pace, I think, to, to top his career high. And it's still a contribution, you know. It, it's a nice change-up to where, you know, the defense isn't going to sit there and say, oh, the Giants are going to go to Beckham or they're going to go to Ingram or they're going to go to Shepard. It's, it's a nice little how-do-you-do surprise. And, and I like it. I think, I think it's a, you're right. It's a good opportunity. And, um with kickoffs, it's interesting. You know, kickoff returns are, are, are going to 
I, I predict they're going to go away. I mean, it just seems like that's the direction they're going in. What I'm very interested in seeing is what Vladimir can bring to the punt return game because that's where the Giants have struggled for the last couple of years. You know, Dwayne Harris, you know, in his prime, he was an excellent punt returner, averaged over 10 yards per return, but he's dealt with injuries, and, and he's just basically slowed down to where, you know, they moved on from him. So that's where I'm really going to be looking for Vladimir to make the biggest contribution in his, you know, to this team. Patty, I don't have a whole lot more in terms of, of bold predictions. I don't know if you have one more, you know, that you might want to make. I, I or... do, actually. I do Go actually. for it. Okay. I am going to predict, and I have a feeling I'm going to – I wonder if I'm going to be wrong on this one, but I'm going to just throw this out here. I think Altrick Rosas, who I think we can both agree is on the bubble because, you know, last year's performance was just not acceptable. I think he's going to prevail. I think he's going to, he's going to come back more improved, more mature, more knowing of what to expect. You know, there were, there were stretches last year where Rosas, I thought, you know, he let things bother him that he shouldn't have. And I would hope that with, the, uh, you know, some time away, an opportunity to clear his head, get things squared away, um, have an opportunity to work on what went wrong last year, improve his craft, that he comes back and he just delivers the goods. Now, you know, he is going to have competition. Marshall Cohn is, is in camp. I would not be shocked that they add a veteran kicker, you know, somebody who's, who's got more than a year experience like Cohn does. But uh, I think in the long run, Rosas can can hold it out, you know, hold out the uh, hold off, excuse me, the competition. So I'm very curious to see how he comes back and how he does, and if he, you know, dealt with whatever um, issues he had last year as far as his motion, as far as you know, letting bad kicks and little things, little breakdowns that tend to happen during during field goal and place place kicks uh, affect him and. Uh, Fingers crossed that he, he does well because he does have a strong leg. He's a good kid. He, you know, he, he wants to be good. He doesn't want to be, you know, the, the Achilles heel on the team. And, um, you know, there's talent there. It's just a matter of him harvesting it and, and building on it. You know, Patty, I like that one as well. Um, it's funny because I asked, you know, the new special teams coach, Thomas McGahee, about Rosas, you know, when we got a chance to talk to McGahee. Uh, a few weeks ago, and you know, and he used the uh, the Dave Gettleman, you know, we don't want to give up on talent line, and he said, you know, Rosas has talent, said he he has the capability of doing some things that a lot of kickers in the league just can't do, you know, and it's a matter of a young player really learning his craft and growing and and becoming more consistent, and we'll see if Rosas can do that. You know, the reality of it is that whatever Rosas' stats were last year, the Giants' special teams were an utter mess. Uh, You know, the punt game, I think he had a couple of his kicks were blocked. Uh, So, you know, we don't know if those kicks would have been good or not. But, you know, but obviously you can't make a kick if it doesn't get past the line of scrimmage. So, you know... And I also wondered sometimes on kickoffs if, for whatever reason, you know, the Giants had a, a, a kicker with a really strong leg who could probably put, 
you know, the majority of his kickoffs in the middle to the back of the end zone. And for me, it seems like they were asking him to place a lot of kicks, asking him to try to put the ball at the goal line, asking him to, to you know, to do the, the sort of directional kickoff thing that's, that's becoming big in the league now. And, and, and you're asking a rookie coming out of the NAIA to, to do that kind of stuff, and I wasn't sure that was a great use of his talent. You got a guy with that kind of leg, just let him use it. And uh, so, so I like that. I'm kind of rooting for the kid. It's always nice to you get a young kicker, you know, who maybe can be around for a while. So you like the idea of the young kicker winning the job, and I think uh, I think that's a, a prediction where you know you, you don't sound very confident of it, you know, but I think you've got a shot with that one. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on what he does, obviously, in the preseason. And the the thing with Rosas, mental part of the game is really important. And I think there were times last year that, and, and this is just my observation, this isn't anything that he told me or anybody told me, this is just what I observed. There were times when he, if he missed the kick during the game, you know, he let it linger. He let it eat at him. And it's okay to let it eat at you after the game, but come Monday when you are starting a new work week, you want to forget about it. You want to have that old cornerback mentality and just forget about it and move on and get ready for the next game. And I thought there were times when he let it linger. You can kind of tell from his body language. Like, for example, if he was kicking well, you know, he, his head was held high, the shoulders were back. You know, he, 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 he was a little bit more outgoing. When he was in that slump that he was in, the shoulders were hunched, he, he, you know, didn't smile. It, it just, you could tell it was eating at him, and I just wonder if he maybe put a little too much pressure on himself than he needed to. Because, look, we're, we're, no matter what we do, it's not going to be perfect every time. We would like it to be perfect every time, but it's not going to be every time. So what you do is you, you kind of – you say, okay, you know what, I'll get them next time, and you come back and you, you know, correct whatever mistakes you made and, and go from there. And I, I don't think he did that enough last time. No, and we'll see, you know, that also, you know, growing in confidence and learning how to handle your, your failures and all of that is part of what a young player and part of what a young person goes through, I think. So we'll see if he grows from it. Uh, with that said, Patty, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to mention at all, uh, breakout players or anything going on with the Giants or any, any writing you've got coming up uh, you, that you want to mention before we call it a show? Um, just that I'm working on a player profile, uh, one of the rookies. Um, really excited about that because I was able to go back a little bit into his, his childhood not not too far back, but I'm going to say childhood. I mean into into his uh, teenage years and just kind of how his journey for football, you know, got to this point. It's a real interesting story. I'm not going to say who it is, but it's a it's a big big project. I've been working on it since last week. Um, hope to have it done and on Forbes uh, probably by the weekend. That's my goal. Um, certainly ahead of the uh, the uh, first OTA on Tuesday, I should have it ha- online by. So just keep uh, watch out for that. And then I know for, for my athletic 
people, the people who are subscribing to The Athletic. We're going to do a Q&A, uh, a mailback coming up. And, uh, you know, so just keep an eye on all that stuff. And uh, if you have questions, hit me up on Twitter, at Patricia underscore Trainer. All right. And, of course, uh, you know, Big Blue View is at Big Blue View on Twitter. And folks that uh, are regular readers of Big Blue View know that we are working our way through profiles of all 90 players currently on the roster. Uh, we're only uh, almost through the letter B, so a long way to go. Uh, a lot more to read, you know, throughout the summer, so we hope you'll do that. With that said, Giants fans, we'll call it a show, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye now.